known by the message of an angel, may, by his passion and cross, be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. Live from the KATH 910 AM studios in Las Colinas and broadcasting across North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. This is the Good News Show. And good afternoon. Welcome to the Good News Show here on KTH 910 AM, Guadalupe Radio Network. Today is July 27th. It's Monday. And uh, I actually like Mondays. I don't mind them so much. You know, I know a lot of people don't like Mondays, but uh, Monday is the day we get to do this show. And uh, good to have you with us. We have a, a, a a lot going on this hour, and I'll tell you all about it here in just a second. The phone number is 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. And we have some wonderful saints whose feast days we are going to celebrate this week. And I, always, I, I sometimes will uh, ask Cecil if she knows who they are. Cecil isn't here for me to put her on the hot spot, and I'm not going to put our guests to, or even Diane on the hot spot, because if I didn't look it up, I wouldn't know who they are as well. But let me just tell you, Wednesday, St. Martha we celebrate. Uh, Friday, it's going to be St. Ignatius of Loyola, the founder of the Jesuits. And then Saturday, St. Alphonsus Liguori, bishop and doctor of the church, will be honored uh, with a special feast day. All right, so let me let you know, first of all, at the midway point of the show today, we're going to have, as usual, on the fourth Monday of the month, Dr. Jonathan Sanford, uh, the provost of the University of Dallas, is going to be in with what we call the UD segment of the Good News Show. And he always brings a guest with him. Do you remember last month who the guest was? You. Yeah. (laughs) Good, Diane. You're listening. Uh, Yeah, I was the guest. Okay. I don't know if he just ran out of guests or if he, because I am a a graduate of UD. I got my master's degree there. So I, you know, I I fit. Uh, Today, another Dave, uh, Dr. Dave Upham, who I have known for many, many years, uh, associate professor and chair of politics. And Dr. Sanford said that we're going to, he and Dr. Upham are going to talk about the importance of having a proper understanding of the principles of American politics for wrestling with many of today's political challenges. And so, wow, what a timely interview and topic that's going to be. I understand. I got a call today, Diane, from a lady who said that there was a rally in Fort Worth, I guess, Saturday, Uh where American flags... You know, support the police, support America. Oh, that's good to hear. And I didn't even know it was happening. Oh. I don't know if you knew about it or not. But, yeah, you um, only hear about all the bad stuff that's happening, all yeah. the ri- bad riots and looting that's going on. Yeah, somebody put on uh, Facebook the, the a tale of two cities where it's like Fort Worth, you know, uh, support the police. And I, I know there are some other stuff going on in Fort Worth as well. But it was a big rally to support the police, support America, be patriots. And then like Portland, Oregon, I mean, my goodness, you know what's yeah. going on there and Seattle and Mm -hmm. all that craziness. And I I think, you know, Joe was talking about on the show this morning, there's a diabolical element to it because if you can't can't rally without like sending bricks through glass and hurting people and assaulting police, I mean, does that happen at the the pro-life march in D.C. every January? Oh, no, we're like the most peaceful people. Yeah. I mean, we got a lot to be angry about. Mm -hmm. I mean, children getting killed in the womb. 
daily, thousands of them. But it's peaceful, and we can be patient, and we can try to bring about change peacefully. And so, anyways, uh, good to see that there was a, a nice uh, rally, peaceful rally there in Fort Worth over the weekend. Uh, all right, guess what else we are going to be doing on the show today? Diane is in studio with me because we are going to be drawing the winners of the two prizes from last Thursday's Summer Speaker Series event. I'll talk more about that in just a second. But also in studio with me is our dear friend Chris Stark. Hey, and uh, Chris, uh, we don't have your microphone on yet, so Chris, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Chris is the general agent of the Fort Worth office of the Knights of Columbus. He's a sponsor on the station. And we really appreciate him. Uh, we're going to talk about what he does, but also this Thursday evening at 7 o'clock, he's doing a Zoom uh, event where he is going to have the father of the boy... Uh, by the name of Mikey Shackle, that's the boy whose miracle opened up the beatification of Father Michael McGivney, which is going to happen oh, wow. this October 31st. Did you know about that, that Father I've, McGivney was yeah, going to be uh, beatified? Yes, we talked about it in the past on the Giorno Alive show. Yeah, yeah. So that's amazing. And uh, Chris was starting to tell me the story of Mikey Shackley and what happened. And I said, oh, no, no, don't tell me, because I never want to find out. And I want to hear it on the show like everybody else. And so it's uh, an amazing story. Well, his father whose name is uh, Daniel Shackley, has a similar job, works for the Knights of Columbus, is going to be on Chris's uh, Zoom call. I have linked on our Facebook page, the DFW Facebook page, how you can go and register. I think you have to register in advance. So you can be in on that call uh, Thursday at 7 o'clock. So Chris is going to tell us all about that in a second. All right, but first... We are going to draw... The famous drawing, the yeah. an most anticipated drawing. Yeah. Did you enjoy the event on Thursday? Oh, I really did. I had a lot of fun, and yeah. I was behind the scenes, and there's a lot of stuff that goes on, and so me and Cecil were both working hard and very busy behind the scenes trying to make sure everything goes right. Mm -hmm. By the way, Cecil isn't sick. She is on a road trip. She went with her sister, her brother, or some friends. They went out west to uh, New Mexico or... Is that what Mesa, it was? Arizona. May, Mesa, Arizona. Okay. They'll, they'll go through May, Mexico on the way there. Yes, they did stop. <laughs> All right. Mexico. So part of the the event on Thursday was at the end, Steve Gleason, my dear friend and volunteer, came on and we asked everybody, hey, make a donation. Support Guadalupe Radio. Support local Catholic radio evangelization. And we said, if you donate $500 or more, either annualized with a monthly donation or a one-time, then you're going to be put in a drawing for two prizes, okay? One of them is a 24-inch bronze statue of St. Michael the Archangel. It's a beautiful statue. It really is. It's heavy, too. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's it's solid, <laughs> solid, and, um, and we have it here at the studio. So somebody's about to win that. And then the other one is a two-night stay at the Hyatt Regency Hill Country Resort in San Antonio, plus a round of golf for you and a guest, and a $200 credit voucher uh, that you can use for... You know, whatever, incidentals, amenities, you know, drinks, what have you. Okay, so that's uh, the, the, the statue's valued at $1,500. The, uh -huh. we, the weekend getaway, two-night getaway, is valued at 1000 So somebody's about to win these, right? Yeah, they're very nice prizes. <clears throat> yeah, so. so you have in front of you, and I'm going to videotape this because we're going to put it up. It's not live, but uh, we Diane has all the entries uh, in the, uh, the, the Apostolic Fishbowl of Providence. And so we do thank everybody who did that. There's a lot of people, dozens of people who are in this. So, Diane, I'm going to videotape this and so we can post it on the Facebook page. And so, uh, yeah, Diane's looking away. Chris is our witness. So, so make sure you look away, Diane. Okay. okay. And uh, I'm going to start videotaping right now. 
and go ahead and draw. Let's do the first one is going to be the statue of St. Michael the Archangel, and Diane is stirring the uh, apostolic fishbowl of, of divine providence. Okay. And here is... And the winner, the winner of the St. Michael statue is... Is, okay. And she's just going to say first name and city. Okay. John from Capel. John from Capel. Okay. All right. So he wins a statue, and John, you either come, uh, I don't know if John's listening or not, but he'll either come to our stand. I, I don't want to mail this thing. It's, it's too heavy. It's too big. I don't want to break, but he either comes to us or I'll, I'll deliver to his house. Okay. So now Diane is going to draw the second one, and this is the weekend giveaway, I mean getaway, uh, to San Antonio, uh, Hyatt Regency Hill Country Resort, and the winner of that is... Stephen from Dallas. Stephen from Dallas. All right. Well, there you go. Congratulations to both of our winners. Okay. So I'm going to stop the video. And all right. Great job, Diane. Boy, you just... Thank you. What a pro. All right. So I'll, I'll post that uh, video on our, our, our Facebook page. Thanks, Diane. And she's going to re- get into the um, the control room again right on time. Again, if you want to be part of the show today, you can call us 877 9424 877-757-9424. In about 20 minutes, again, Dr. Sanford and Dr. Oppen will be talking about politics. Well, what a year to be talking about politics, huh? Let's see if there's anything else. Um, do, do, um, go to our Facebook page and invite yourself to be a member. And Cecil, when she gets back from vacation, will accept you. And then you can see all the cool things we post on there. All right. With no further ado, we welcome Chris Stark, the general agent of the Fort Worth office of the Knights of Columbus to studio. How are you doing? Good to see you. I'm doing good, Dave. Glad to be here. Thank you for inviting us. You may want to bring that a little bit closer to you. All right. So let's, uh, I want to, Get to this event that you're having Thursday evening. But before we get to that, tell our listeners, because you're a sponsor, they hear all these cool ads that you guys wrote about the Knights of Columbus and membership and insurance and all that. Uh, tell us, what does it mean to be a general agent for the Fort Worth office, the Knights of Columbus? What's your job entail? I, I've been very blessed to be able to lead a, a team of agents across the Fort Worth Diocese to be able to serve our Catholic community with our, our products with the highest rated insurance company in the, in the land. And, um, and that, that's radio by AM Best and Standard and Poor's and so forth. But, uh, at the heart of it, it means Catholics doing business with Catholics. When you do business with the Knights of Columbus, we're going to not only give back nationally, uh, we do over $185 million worth of cash charity last year. And, uh, here locally, we, we're, we're giving back to our Catholic schools. We sponsored Nolan. We sponsored the uh, station. We, we sponsor, um, uh, Catholic charities and partner with them as well. So, I mean, we're going to give, uh, who we give our, who we do business with and who we do give our money two matters mm-hmm. right so and that that's always kind of been our, our theme but uh, if anybody ever wants to reach us uh, we're easy to find do a quick google search for Knights Columbus insurance or um, go to our website kofcinsurancefw.com and you can find us um, always happy to help any any catholic family out and you guys are doing well. I asked you before we went on. You said like last month was the best month you've ever had, huh? Yeah, we um, we're very blessed in in our business. There are many people in our industry that uh, don't have a, a a strong client base, and because of our fraternal organization, and uh, we're able to we have a uh, over. 11,000 members here locally. So we have a, um, a natural, uh, base and so forth. And we went virtual really quick, uh, doing Skype meetings and, and doing Zoom presentations like the one coming up this Thursday. So. 
All right, so let's talk about Father Michael McGivney first, and then I want to talk about Mikey Shackle and his father and the event that you're having on Thursday evening. First of all, <clears throat> Father Michael McGivney, the founder of the Knights of Columbus, I did a little, I, I love biography, I love history, and this man, this priest lived in a very, very tumultuous and interesting time. Terrible time. Born in 1852. So he's nine years old when the Civil War starts, mm-hmm. can you imagine, and then dies in 1890, only lived to be 38 years old. Tell us a little bit more about him. Yeah, he uh, he lived a, a pretty remarkable life. He was only a priest for um, a short period of time, about 10 years, and during eight of those 10 years, he's working on building the Knights of Columbus. Um, there's many, if you read the book, Faith and Fraternalism, and, and the Parish Priest book, which is his biography, that uh, you find out that he was uh, the whole reason. Reason he created the Knights of Columbus was to take care of widows and orphans, and there's many uh, excerpt uh, parts in that book that are talking about um, that he would leave the fraternal activities to the members, and he was focused on trying to find ways to protect uh, these families financially and, and so forth. And that's where the uh, the insurance program started with him. Uh, because at that time, Catholics were not so mainstream yeah. as they are today. And so to be a Catholic, you were ostracized. Exactly. And uh, then the, the men were dying um, and wives were not being taken care of. Well, right? and, and you you had these uh, secret societies that were dragging the men out of the Catholic church. And so the church was filled up with the women and children. And, and the men were getting sucked into these uh, societies to offer them networking amongst men. But they're also networking to get the good job. So uh, that was a strain. So. Father McGivney uniquely wanted to create some Catholic, bring these men back to the church, help the community, church, and strengthen the family. Uh, but at the end, they would be able to offer some uh, offer uh, money financially to uh, in the loss of a breadwinner because at this time women weren't allowed to work. Uh, so uh, when a, a widow lost her husband, she had to prove financial means to be able to take care of these kids, and these kids would get shipped off to orphanages and uh, and destroying families, and that's uh, and that happened in Father McGivney's life. He's one of 13 children. Mm. His dad died while he was at the seminary. He had to leave the seminary um, uh, to come back and uh, be the man in the house, because mm-hmm. that was the only hope that these uh, ladies had at that time. Yeah. Interesting fact also, he died during a pandemic, right? Yeah, that, I, that came to light with, because uh, his beatification, Pope Francis uh, decides to beatify, uh, choose to beatify him on May 27th, right in the heart of our pandemic of our time. Uh, and so that, uh, and and he died during the pandemic of his. It's just one of the um, cool, ironic things of his beatification, you know, and uh, I, uh, I think it's a, it, I don't think it's a coincidence. You think about her faith a lot of times that it, it mm-hmm. kind of lines yeah. up like that, you know. Yeah, it's interesting with canonizations and the process. Some of them happen really fast, yeah. like St. John Paul II or uh, Mother, Mother Teresa. Teresa. Some of these are quick. Some of them take a long time. And I look at somebody like Father McGivney and the work that he's done, the yeah. legacy and the Knights of Columbus all across the world. And I think, why? Why, why, why now and why did it take so long, do you think? Well, and, and I, I, and this is such a huge moment for our church, for the American church. And there's only three male blesseds out there. There's another three women blesseds. So he's joining an elite status of in the American church. Um, and he's on, there's only one other priest that's a blessed. So, I mean, uh, his canonization got opened up about 20 years ago. Um, and it, I, the, 
I, I would just say that the Holy Spirit has to do its work. Mm-hmm. And uh, truthfully, we, we've got the, if you go to fathermcgivney.org uh, and join the guild, it's free. Yeah. That's a place you can keep up with the cause for his canonization. And this is a place you can uh, submit your own prayer intentions. That's how this this all started. Yeah. And also, I, I got to remind myself that it doesn't benefit the person getting mm-hmm. canonized. I mean, he's in heaven. Yeah. Uh, we we, tr- we trust. Uh, and it's, it's for us. And sure. so when I get impatient, hey, let's let's canonize Sheen. Let's canonize Mother Angelica. Yeah. It's like, it's only because I want to exactly. see it happen. Uh, but like you say, in the Holy Spirit's timing. All right. So one of the other things that we know through the process of a person being canonized is that you have to have miracles. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those miracles, you know, they, they again, they're on the Holy Spirit's timing as well. Tell us about Mikey Shackle and his father Daniel, and it made just about Mikey and what happened. What's the miracle? Yeah, so Mikey, when he was in his mother's womb, uh, they got the diagnosis that he was uh, Down syndrome, um, but he also had fetal high drops, uh, and so the uh, this is a almost a hundred percent chance, a zero percent chance of survival, uh, and they get this diagnosis sh- just shortly but before we're leaving for. Uh, our Nazi-Columbus incentive trip, which we were going to Portugal uh, and Spain, and we went to Our Lady of Fatima. And so they're going to this trip thinking they're coming back to not uh, – their their child might not live. They uh, – and uh, dur- before that, they had prayed to Father McGivney to save his life because if – uh, in, in Daniel's words, if, there's, if there was ever a baby that uh, Father McGivney was going to save, it would be this one mm-hmm. uh, with the Knights of Columbus uh, 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 working with spe- uh, Special Olympics and uh, children with disabilities to uh, being heavily pro-life um, because they were never – because they got asked by their doctors to abort this child, mm-hmm. right, because yeah. there was a, no chance. Yeah. And, and, of course, they he, chose Even life. if he was only down. I mean, Down syndrome, they probably would have suggested that. Most of the Down syndrome kids don't make it, uh, unfortunately, because they're such beautiful children. Yeah, and and so he – uh, they go to the trip and uh, they come back and um, they do an ultrasound. And when you hear Michelle, his wife, tell the story, it, uh, it's it's even more beautiful. But do the ultrasound and the the they're doing a. It, she's crying the whole time because she thinks she's getting bad news, and she's just. Uh, doing her normal ultrasound, the doctor comes in and is wondering where the fetal high drops is. It's completely gone. Wow. Completely gone. And they had never seen this before. And what's pretty cool is that it, or, or surprising to me, it took five years. I mean, this was five years, uh, five or six years ago. And so this whole process had been going on in the background this whole time. And, and credit Daniel because he, he kept a good secret, uh, around us all for a, for a long time. But, mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. The church moves slowly. Yeah. <laughs> and so let me just, so Daniel and, and you were on this trip to Fatima as well? The, I was. Okay. So uh, you were there and you. Yeah, and you were aware that this was the prayer request. That, not, uh, not at this time. Okay, uh, this uh, is... he didn't. Uh, he, they all, they kept it very secretive yeah. because they they didn't want to mess up if there was going to, if this was going yeah. to be the miracle. Yeah. That they didn't want to uh, mess with that. The other cool uh, link to Father McGivney, Daniel has thirteen kids. Oh wow! And, wow. and so Father McGivney was the oldest of thirteen, and Mikey is the youngest of thirteen. Oh wow! That's so awesome. There's That's just awesome. there's so many links. Uh, m- 
Daniel had at homeschools or Michelle homeschools all the kids. So they are, uh, their academy at home is called the Father McGivney Academy. So <laughs> it, it's, there's so many cool twists to, to this story. Um, and I think this, I think people are going to enjoy hearing about it. Yeah. Uh, I love this picture of little Mikey next to the statue of Father McGivney. Now, now when I, when I see statues because of what's going on in the culture, yeah. it makes me want to cry, but what a beautiful picture. So he's about five now, he's uh, about Mi- five, Mikey. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's still Down syndrome, mm-hmm. but he's alive. And, so uh, such a happy little boy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, every video you see of him, and it, it, he's got such a big uh, family around him, all his brothers and sisters. Um, and uh, even one of their sons is actually at UD right now. Oh, is that right? Uh, be, uh, he's uh, studying to be a priest right now. So that, uh, again, just another link. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I got to believe this is going to uh, raise his street credit at UD, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Uh, Chris Stark joining us, General Agent, Knights of Columbus, Fort Worth office. And we're talking, uh, we're going get, to get to this event that he has uh, coming up this Thursday. It's a Zoom event with the father of Mikey Shackle, Dan- Daniel Shackle, who has a comparable position as you, but with in, in what, Arkansas? And, yeah, and, he, he's the General Agent in Tennessee, Arkansas, and Kentucky, and uh, he's got a a very big territory. He actually, I don't know if you saw that uh, whenever uh, he he actually flew uh, the uh, sacrament over the diocese of, of Nashville because he he has because he has such a broad area he has a plane he mm-hmm. took a priest up with the sacrament and actually uh, uh, they were praying uh, over the whole diocese okay. uh, during this pandemic started it was a pretty cool cool moment during that thing yeah interesting uh, yeah. so you're gonna have Daniel on with you Thursday. And this is a, a live, open to anybody, right? Yeah. Anybody that wants to, to participate. And so tell, tell us about the event itself. What yeah, uh, we've been doing these Zoom presentations for uh, the masses. So about once a month, we're going to do a presentation on a variety of different things with the Knights Columbus about their, our, our products that we help serve the Catholic community. This is the first one that... We were going to do based on solely based on uh, Father McGivney and the beatification uh, and and the miracle and the story to get to hear from Daniel himself of how going through this process. What was that like? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, I'm ex- uh, excited to hear it uh, exa- straight from his voice too, uh, because uh, truthfully, just like me and you, uh, I haven't really went. Uh, full in with him in a conversation. Yeah. So this is going to be really a, a lot of fun. And that's this Thursday at 7. Um, it is on Zoom. We do have a limit of 100 people. So uh, definitely go to the link pre-register. Um, and if you can't find it on um, Guadalupe Radio uh, 910's Facebook page, you can go to our website, <clears throat> which is KOFC Insurance. FW.com, and, and there is a live events button right at the top right. You can click that and uh, pre-register uh, to make uh, make sure we fill it up uh, because I believe um, no doubt we're going to fill it up. Mm-hmm. Because, and, yeah, so, so yeah, 100 people because on a Zoom call, because everybody's 
Yeah. Bases will be up there. You yeah. only have so many people. Sure. Right? Your screen's only so big. Sure. So. No. And it, and, and truthfully, I think this is going to be a, a great, uh, event for a lot of our Catholic families that are, uh, out there that might not know anything about the Knights of Columbus or why we were created and to learn about Father McGivney. So, um, whether you're a member or non-member, whether, um, wives, everybody, uh, and even watching it with your kids. I mm-hmm. mean, how, how cool is it to, uh, get to share a, a future saint with your kids? Kids, mm-hmm. You know, an American saint. So somebody walked on this earth right here where we live, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be awesome also in the fall when he is beatified because it's going to give everybody in Catholic radio and even beyond an opportunity to talk about the Knights of Columbus no because there's a lot of people, I think, that don't even know what the Knights of Columbus is, especially non-Catholics. And no it's going to bring all it's going to shine a spotlight on the on the organization. I, I hope so, because back in uh, the beatification, they actually set the date this past week, which uh, October 31st, and they're actually doing it in New Haven, Connecticut, where uh, the Knights of Columbus was founded. But you you look at. Uh, and if you ever make a pilgrimage to New Haven, uh, most people don't realize this because you don't have a lot of uh, dead bodies in churches here in the American church. Mm-hmm. But they, on the 100th anniversary of the Knights of Columbus, they actually moved him inside the church. His body is there at St. Mary's Church in New Haven. Uh-huh. Uh, the Dominican friars are, are, are shepherding that parish, and uh, it's actually going through a renovation right now that uh, is being done. But but his uh, hopefully, God willing, he'll be canonized. Maybe uh, they, they will have plans to move him up underneath the altar uh at that time uh because uh, his they they did this because they were going to open the cause for his canonization mm-hmm. yeah uh, um this guy that i know who does dom- domestic um pilgrimages mm-hmm. and i was surprised to to find out how many sites there are in america because mm-hmm. you know people think of going to the holy land and sure. rome nowadays it's hard to travel overseas in no some doubt. case you can't even go but this is going to be an important pilgrimage site mm-hmm. if it isn't already sure. to go there especially when and if he is canonized god willing yeah, yeah. Do people go there like you say the body there what, what an awesome place well, and they to got visit. the knights columbus museum uh, most people don't realize this that john john f kennedy was a uh a knight and his form one his membership document is on fi- right there on display right mm-hmm. So, uh, and just to see the history of the Knights of Columbus, you wouldn't believe. Uh, I mean, back in 1902 or 1905, somewhere in there, they made a half a million dollar donation to the Catholic University uh, of America. And in 1900, a half a million dollar donation, what did that do, right? Mm, That was huge. So, I mean, the Knights of Columbus have been um, uh, with the church uh for through its Knights of Columbus existence and uh, from top to bottom and doing amazing things. And and uh, the big, uh, the coolest part is that, I mean, working for the Knights and, and every time we uh, help families, help Catholic families, well, a, lot, a part of that is going to go to doing good for our church. We mm-hmm. know that, you know, and especially with our Leave No Neighbor Behind through this pandemic, helping Catholic families, we um, we helped uh, Catholic charities locally get twenty five grand uh, from that leave, leave No Neighbor uh, mm-hmm. Behind fund. So it's things like that are would never be made possible if it wasn't for our insurance program. Yeah. You know, what about parish based Knights of Columbus councils? Mm-hmm. How much have those activities been hampered by COVID and meetings and getting out? Is it sure? Well, what, what's what, what's it like? It's it's been pretty interesting. Uh, most of the councils have went to Zoom meetings, and mm-hmm. um, because as you know, our, our bishop was not letting. Uh, uh, 
trying to keep his uh, flock safe and uh, trying to keep me- uh, meetings down as, as best as possible. And um, so a lot of the councils are doing uh, virtual meetings, and uh, they're really um, – starting to make the transition to be able to uh, do their fundraising because a lot of their uh, fundraisers and stuff have all got a lot of them got canceled or mm-hmm. rescheduled yeah. and stuff so um, but uh, the Knights Club has been there for 138 years the, uh, those uh, men, uh, those men are resilient and they're going to uh, continue doing big things locally um, and that's what's probably uh, the on that side of it uh, being a member you're able to there's we don't have to invent something to do. The Knights Columbus have with our Faith in Action program, there is all already stuff built. Uh, basically, if you want to do it, the Knights Columbus already have the process built. And, and uh, if you just go to kofc.org and look in the programs of Faith in Action, uh, so many cool programs. And, and that's why a lot of the programs have went virtual. Like they got a holy hour uh, program. A lot of uh, the councils are doing a virtual holy hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and the leave no neighbor behind, bringing food uh, to families and, and so forth. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, the Knights Club must step up every time there's a, 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 a need. Yeah. All right. Down to two minutes, Chris. Let's uh, reiterate the main point as far as the Thursday seven o'clock Zoom event. Only a hundred people can join this, and I don't know where you are on your hundred yet. But uh, if you're interested and you want to get in on this, you got to either visit the website, which Chris will share again. Again, this is going to be a conversation with Chris and Daniel Shackle, who's the father of Mikey Shackle, the uh, six-year-old, I think five, six-year-old boy whose miracle paved the way for the beatification on October 31st of Father Michael McGivney. So can you give the give the essential details of how yeah. people can, can participate in this event? Yeah, no, thank you. And, and so um, if you go to my website, kofcinsurancefw.com, there's a link to the live events. That'll let you pre-register. And something that's never been done before, because you can actually join the Knights of Columbus online uh, at kofc.org slash join. And if you go there and join online, it'll take you five minutes. And normally the dues of one-year dues is $30. Uh, but right now, because of in honor of the celebration of the beatification coming up, uh, they're giving uh, the dues for the next week. Uh, McGivney 2020 is the promo code. So when you when you're signing up, there'll be a spot to put in a promo code, put in McGivney 2020, and your first year dues will be waived. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, a person can join right now and be a part of an organization that's founded by a future saint, uh, what we believe is be a future saint. He's definitely going to be bla- uh, beatified. Uh, but um, And like I said, check us out. Check, find us on our social medias. If you want to keep up with all things Father McGivney, we're, we're always on social media. Go into our Facebook page, uh, look up Knott's Columbus uh, Stark Agency, um, search me out. Look, uh, please add me as a friend, uh, Chris Stark on Facebook, um, LinkedIn, Instagram. We're all over the place. You can't all miss right. us. Very so, good. Chris, thanks so much. Uh, KFC Insurance FW dot dot com. Uh, com. OK, yep. I, I get that right. Yep. OK. All right. It's going to be Thursday, seven o'clock. Hope you can join it. Zoom call with the father of the little boy whose miracle paved the way for the beatification of Father Michael McGivney on October 31st. And I'd, uh, boy, I'd love to speak to him as well, the, yeah. the father. Maybe we can do that on the radio Probably sometime. Can. Maybe you can come back with him. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, but, he, of course, he's up, up We'll north. get him remotely. All right, Chris, thanks so much for coming in. Good to see you in person. And, right. uh, and, and 
That's, uh, and I hope everybody will participate in this event and also learn more about uh, the Knights of Columbus. We are going to take a break now, and we are going to come back and have Dr. Jonathan Sanford in with us, the provost of the University of Dallas, with his guest, Dr. David Upham from the Political Science Department of the University of Dallas, talking politics in this tumultuous age. We'll be back. Catholic Charities Dallas serves 50,000 people a year in the nine counties of the Diocese of Dallas. Please help us respond to the great need by volunteering. We need help in our food program, in our many distributions throughout the diocese, and also we need bilingual call screeners for all of the financial assistance that is being applied for right now. Please help us answer the call by emailing Celeste Garcia at cgarcia at ccdallas.org. Hear that? That's St. Francis Village, a Catholic retirement community located in southwest Fort Worth on Benbrook Lake, a quiet place in a 250-acre country setting where you will love to live, enjoy the deer and turkeys, and walk to daily mass. If you are 62 and independent, call Mike at 817-292-5786 to get on the wait list and begin enjoying your retirement. Cottage rates starting at under 900 a month include utilities. Call St. Francis Village and ask for Mike, 817-292-5786. Hi, this is Cecil Anderson. Have you heard about our KTH 910 AM Facebook group? It's a place where 910 AM listeners can gather together to post about local events, hear about upcoming shows on the station, and interact with one another. You can find the group by going to Facebook.com and typing GRNDFW in the Facebook search bar. Once you find the group, click the Join Group button, answer two quick questions, and I'll admit you to the group. I look forward to many more of you joining the community. Hello, my name is Mari Buford, owner of Buford Roofing and Construction and a former player with the Super Bowl champion Chicago Bears. My wife and I are members of St. Francis of Assisi Parish in Grapevine and longtime supporters of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Buford Roofing provides residential and commercial roofing repairs and total replacements. We can be reached at 817-329-ROOF or online at BufordRoofing.com. Have a wonderful day. Is the Lord calling you to be a missionary? Hi, Joe McLean here, and the Guadalupe Radio Network is calling for rosary missionaries to join with the GRN in praying for very special intentions. Would you be one of them? Log on to grnonline.com forward slash missionaries. Together, we can bring the power of prayer to bear on a dark world in need of the light of Christ. Log on to grnonline.com forward slash missionaries. The Guadalupe Radio Network welcomes the family practice of Drs. Rafino Pereira and Basilico as a new sponsor. Drs. Rafino Pereira and Basilico practice according to the teachings of the Catholic faith and see patients Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. till 4.30 p.m. They're located in North Dallas on Preston Road between the George Bush Turnpike and Frankfurt Road. Both doctors are bilingual, Spanish and English. They specialize treating the whole family in all areas of medicine and invite you to call 972-267-6653, 972-267-6653. It is now 33 minutes after the hour. This is the Good News Show here on KTH 910 AM, Guadalupe Radio Network. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Diane Xavier running the board. Cecil is on vacation. And uh, good to talk to Chris Stark. It was nice to speak with him. And uh, we now move into what we call the University of Dallas segment of the Good News Show. And always really delighted to have Dr. Jonathan Sanford join us uh, once a month for this segment. And it's... Uh, 
the fourth Monday, typically, of the month, and that's what we have now. And he uh, always brings a guest, or last month it was me. Yep. I, I was you, the you were a stellar yeah, guest, Dave. Was... You really were. I mean, really. Uh, <laughs> and uh, today, uh, I, actually, a, a dear friend who I've known many, many years, I've known him, uh, gosh, uh, going way, way back, uh, Dr. David Upham, Associate Professor and Chair of the Politics Department, and uh, talking about a proper understanding of the principles of American politics wrestling with today's political challenges. What are you talking about? Political challenges today? No, I'm kidding. Uh, Before we bring Dr. Upham in, though, I want to ask you just how things are going, crazy times, trying to get things started in the fall. What Any, any uh, updates on what you guys are going to do at UD? Certainly, yeah. So crazy times, but times uh, like these call for courage. And yeah. we're, we're opening our doors. We've, we've backed up the semester by a week, and we'll finish up by Thanksgiving. Students are, are coming. We have all kinds of uh, safety measures in place. We have to deploy some, some social distancing outside within the classrooms. We're going to need masks. And, and there was a wonderful piece in the Dallas Morning News by one of our professors, Dr. Chad England, who mm-hmm. um, reflected upon the, the kind of norms that we have to have in place for this semester and the importance of learning and still being face-to-face. Yeah. And, and we do really value that. There will be some students who are doing online, but uh, the bulk of our students Students are are fully committed to a, a on ground experience where we can really interact and and wrestle with those those topics that are at the the heart of what we do at the yeah. university. Yeah, well, good for you guys. I'm glad to hear that uh, life at some point has got to get back to normal, and I hope it's uh, sooner than later. So I'm glad the University of Dallas <clears throat> has made that decision to. Uh, the show goes on, so to speak, it does, and it does. Uh, let's bring in your guest for this segment, Dr. David Upham, Chair of the Politics Department at the University of Dallas. Uh, Dr. Upham, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you doing? Good, good, good to good to have you on the program with us. Uh, you want to take yeah. it away, Dr. Sanford? Certainly, certainly. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Upham. It's it's really a, a delight to have you on the program today. And as as uh, Dave was just saying. Um, I thought part of what we could focus on is is the way in which our approach to teaching politics at the University of Dallas provides um, – I hope I'm not saying this too strongly uh, – an antidote to some of the, the disarray we see in political discourse today and some of the challenges facing us. And, and in particular, I wanted to talk about the uh, – um, the core course that we provide all of our undergraduate students, the Principles of American Politics. Before we turn to that, I, I thought it, it might be of, of some benefit to our listeners to um, hear you describe the terminology we use for politics. So you're the chair of the politics department. Sometimes we hear talk of political science and um, sometimes we hear of programs in government. So what, what, what's behind the name that you use? Um, well, I think we, we choose the word politics, which is a term of, of Greek origin. Um, in part because um, in our curriculum, uh, primarily for our majors, but, but uh, the whole University of Dallas curriculum uh, does not um, does not forget um, the Greeks, mm-hmm. um, and we take very seriously uh, the approach of studying politics uh, inaugurated uh, chiefly by Plato and Aristotle. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't say political science uh, as much, in part because that term which is oh, roughly a, a little over a century, a century and a half old or a century and a quarter old, tended to be associated with the idea that uh, the way you study politics is to try to treat it as if it were a quantitative or numerical mm-hmm. um, science. So you, where the, the political things that can be studied are things that you can count. 
and things you can add and subtract. Uh, uh, what, what at the time were called, and some still call facts, as opposed to uh, to values, the fact-value distinction, such that uh, values aren't really true or false and are not really interesting to ask questions like, what is justice? Mm-hmm. So we, we, we use the word politics because the, the Greeks, uh, the Greeks uh, inaugurated the study of politics in this way and, and took very seriously the question, mm-hmm. what is justice? And the answer to that is not something found simply by relying on a calculator. Yes, that is certainly the case. And, you know, talking about the, the Greek approach to, to politics, um, you know, how, how do you, how do you see that, that, uh, fundamental question, what is justice or, um, um, you know, how, I'm thinking of Aristotle at the beginning of, of the politics where he, he talks about what it is to be a human being as being a, uh, a being endowed with the ability to speak. And what we speak about are primarily questions of what's just and unjust, what's good, what's evil, what's expedient and what's inexpedient. And, and we, we, when properly engaged with each other are striving to build a, a polis, a, um, a, a formal community that is embodying the best life we can live together, right? And 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 the question of of politics, it seems to me, is how how do we live well together, or or the best together we can? How how can we, in other words, um, uh, construct our social arrangement in such a way that we um, promote the exercise of the virtues? That's that's yeah that's that's absolutely right. <laughs> um, I, I I don't how much I can respond to that other than by saying I agree heartily. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No. So, um, um, and I, you know, uh, maybe one one more one more question just to introduce you to our, our listeners a little bit. You're not just a um, uh, professor of politics. You're also an attorney, and I know you have a real interest in um, the law, but a greater interest in in teaching and the kind of fruit that comes from that. And, and within your research, you've done some work on the 13th Amendment, and I think you've been particularly focused on, on the 14th Amendment lately. And um, could you briefly summarize what, what your, your focus has been on the 14th Amendment? Yes, I think it's um, in some the Reconstruction Amendments, uh, the amendments passed after the Civil War, which were designed uh, to not only um, emancipate uh, millions of people from uh, tyrannical bondage, mm-hmm. uh, but also designed to establish um, among the former slaves and former slave owners and the former um, North, former South, divided on geographical, racial um, a- a lines, try to establish a, a multiracial republic. Mm-hmm. And I think my, uh, my research generally goes to, to addressing this question. In what way um, was this effort um, Lincolnian, what Abraham Lincoln wanted to do, a new birth of the Founders' principles, mm-hmm. such that the, the progress of that time uh, relied upon um, a, a new look at and a renewed attachment to uh, the principles of 1776? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, thank you for that. So that that ties in um, at a slightly more specific level, but but um, certainly is is at the heart of what the principles of American politics, as I understand it, is striving to imbue in our students. So let's let's talk about that course a little bit, um, and um, I, I want to focus on it because we we have 
elevated it to a, a position of real significance at the university. Every, every one of our students takes this course as part of their core curriculum. Why? Um, I can give you a longer answer, um, and, and, and I will. Please feel free to stop me midway through, because I was thinking about this mm-hmm. uh, a great deal um, over the last couple of days in anticipation of this, uh, of this interview. Um, at first glance, it might seem strange that one would require young people, especially at a university um, that is founded on the Catholic Church and therefore founded on Jesus Christ, to spend so much time thinking about the kingdom of this world, and in particular, the obviously ugly and low things that politics engenders. Um, politics is not um, uh, the beatific vision. It's not God. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not pure beauty. <laughs> uh, it's certainly not pure justice. Uh, it's something that decent people, uh, especially Christian people, frequently disdain, mm-hmm. and for good reason. And so you would say, why would you ask um, a, a follower of Jesus Christ to study this um, this dunghill, and it's just not worth looking at. Uh, I think the reason probably goes go as follows. First, why study politics? Well, politics does engender lots of passions, and some of those are passions for justice. Some of those are competitions for honors, and the honor of what sort, the, the reputation for being good or noble or virtuous. People want to be known, many people like to be liked, and they like to be liked for the best things, that is, they have great soul, and politics is an occasion for people to do this. And so what politics does is that some of the most talented people in the, in the world devote themselves to politics, mm-hmm. and often, or I should say not infrequently, produce some extraordinarily beautiful or noble things, either words or deeds, mm-hmm. that um, although they are not um, the highest sort, they are certainly worthy of attention, and which is why... Um, the study of literature, fine literature and, and, and great history often focus on these sort of high moments of human achievement or action, mm-hmm. um, whether that be in the Shakespearean tragedies like King Lear, or whether that be in, in various histories that tend to produce, you know, focus on great people. So politics is ugly, but politics can be quite interesting and extremely noble and beautiful in, in sort of fleeting moments. If, if, if I could pause, study- if, 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 if I could ask you to pause just for just for a second, so I, sure. I I agree entirely. I mean, when 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 one one studies politics, one is engaged with reflecting upon those great moments, and and we want to to glean um, an appreciation of what the human spirit can indeed achieve, particularly in concert with others who are directed towards this. This end, and um, I, I, I don't think you're suggesting that though the end of the political order is lower than the end of the um, order of the eternal city. Nonetheless, um, there's um, it, you're, you're not suggesting that that somehow it's it's degraded because of that, right? So it's it's a good and proper end in and of itself. And so I, my my. My question, if, if you don't mind pausing for a second, um, and then we'll we'll get back on track and answering the the broader question, is uh, the ugliness that you were talking about is is that a necess- necessary feature of the the kind of engagement in um, the work of the political realm, or is that um, unnecessary and, and due to some um, features that lie outside of politics proper? 
Um, I would say, relying somewhat vaguely on St. Thomas Aquinas, that it is not necessary uh, to politics because even without the fall, there would be a political order. Mm-hmm. But it would be a political order that would not require, for example, the brutality of, of force, of coercion mm-hmm. against human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, however, a necessary element among fallen men. Mm-hmm. Um, human beings are not necessary, but just virtually inevitable, not necessary in the sense that there's um, unavoidable uh, because all sin is avoidable, but because sin abounds and corruption abounds, um, there's going to be um, there's going to be ugliness involved in these competitions uh, mm-hmm. for competing claims of justice and also comp- competing efforts by human beings uh, to uh, achieve earthly honors uh, and, and power. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- it's. It's it's necessary in the sense that it is it is extremely likely to be encountered, mm-hmm. uh, and in many instances, in fact, maybe most instances, some of the noblest work of politics involves um, uh, involves fighting <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, greater forms of evil. Mm-hmm. Um, so, good. No, that's that, that's. Uh, I hope that answers you. your question. It does. It does. And 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 in terms of the pursuit of honors, you know, I, I think sometimes. Um, People of, of faith can feel as though there's there's something flawed about uh, pursuing honor, but Aquinas is a great example of, of somebody who holds up, for instance, the, the virtue of magnanimity as um, having to do with honors, and insofar as one is virtuous in pursuit of honors, one recognizes that, that having an established place, doing something great and grand, striving to do great things, is in fact fully compatible with the virtue of humility. He thinks of them as, as sister virtues. But, but I, 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 I think sometimes because of the corruption it's, um, that can find its way into the political realm and, and at times um, uh, quite um, – um, profoundly and and uh, extensively, uh, we tend to uh, ignore that there there is a proper role for the pursuit of honor. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. All of the all of the goods, the subordinate goods uh, to seeing the face of God and live have have a place in the in the divine order, mm-hmm. and even the pursuit of money as an instrumental good necessary for the for the higher things is. Um, is worthy of pursuit, mm-hmm. saying that why are you going to job to get to get money for my family is is fitting and proper. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yes, there, there is a tendency um, because of how, how how radical the gospel is in 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 reminding us that these things are all subordinate mm-hmm. um, uh, in in ways that human beings sometimes forget. Um, often, Christians I think will uh, confuse. Um, uh, subordination with abomination, mm-hmm. um, and feel uncomfortable thinking about or even talking about uh, the place of these these lesser goods mm-hmm. um, in 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 following Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, th- thank you for that. Um, so let's 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 get back to the the importance of of studying the principles of American politics. What. what um, and, and if you could include maybe some reflection on, on the content of this course, what, what does it mean to study the principles of American politics? We, we call the class Principles of American Politics, which is, a, um, which is descriptive, first principle in the sense of first things. Uh, and for our department, although we disagree on many things, all of our colleagues, all of my colleagues believe 
that in order to understand American political life, it's important to uh, begin with the deliberate um, articulated reasons and thoughts uh, that uh, were put forth at the time of the founding, mm-hmm. uh, found in such notable documents, Declaration of Independence, uh, the Federal Constitution, and other things, state constitutions and, and other founding documents, mm-hmm. that it's important to understand those things. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why do, um, and we spend, most of us spend uh, at least half a semester in the 18th century. Mm-hmm. Why spend so much time there? Um, first, their uh, influence. Um, they, uh, the, the ideas that are, under, that are reflected in the Declaration of the Constitution continue to have an enormous impact upon uh, political life in the United States and, in fact, around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, second, those thoughts and ideas are, in many respects, sufficiently remote mm-hmm. from our contemporary partisan divisions that it's easier to look at them and assess them, to appreciate them, um, their value, their beauty, their honor, their, 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 their uh, honorableness, um, without having sort of blinding political passions mm-hmm. uh, getting in the way. Um, because there isn't any Federalist Party mm-hmm. uh, anymore. Um, there, there isn't, um, um, so many of the controversies at that time are not ours, which makes it easier to think about, talk about them even though they have indirectly deep influence on our controversies. That, that, that's um, a, that is a, an excellent point. So, um, so could you explain how they can have that profound impact on our, our contemporary controversies? Right. So on the one hand, we, you remove the student from the, the heatedness of contemporary political discourse and, and party sloganism. They wrestle with these principles how does that how does that prepare them for exercising responsible citizenship within the contemporary melee? Um, it prepares them because it allows them to see that politics can be thought of and discussed in a way that doesn't um, quickly lead to um, personal interpersonal conflict or deep distrust or discomfort. Um, let me just illustrate it a different way. If this were 1800, um, I don't think a university should have a class, that, a required class that does this, because it's too, 1800 is too close to the conflicts and the controversies. Mm-hmm. Um, so it allows for uh, a break from the partisan noise to see that there are peaceful and um, there are occasions for peaceful and moderate discussion, both among the, the fellow citizens, their fellow students in the classroom. But also, if we spend some time, say, with uh, the Federalist Papers or spend some time with the Constitutional Convention, we see um, evidence of an extremely high level of, of human discourse mm-hmm. uh, that uh, is remarkably free uh, from profanity, um, remarkably free from um, interpersonal threats among outside of the context of war. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is, yeah. It's it's. So it's you're, you're, you're naming naming some of the ills, too. some of the ills of our of our social media, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> contemporary yeah. discourse, and and indeed. So um, Dave is giving me signals like I've got to wrap this up. <laughs> I feel like we're just getting started, and um, you know, uh, one one last question for you, uh, Doctor Upham. When when. Um, you know, we're, we're forming our students according to these, these deeper principles, principles that ought to 
guide them, and then they're let loose, so to speak, in a culture in which most people have not been shaped, unfortunately, by the principles of American politics, have not had this kind of formation. What what becomes their task um, in in um, contributing to cultural renewal? How do you how do you see the work of our students on the other end of their education? I think I would hope that University of Dallas students, the vast majority of whom are uh, American citizens um, and, and will remain American citizens as long as there is an American citizenship to be had, <laughs> um, I think they have um, – I would hope that they would have a certain liberal education, that is to say liberation from um, blinding passions. At the same time, a certain sympathy with fellow human beings, because the study of politics is the study also of history of blinding passions, um, that they could be of greater service to their to their neighbors and in their country mm-hmm. uh, by providing by word uh, uh, an example, uh, teaching a mode of approaching uh, one another that is more that is more sane, that is more decent, uh, and also being more effective in understanding um, um, and understanding why the. the that human beings, fallen human beings, find politics very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, they themselves might have a little bit more facility in doing it um, with, with, again, kindness and justice to their fellow citizens who have not been as privileged as they've been. Excellent. Um, well, um, I'm, I'm getting the cutoff look from, from, <laughs> from Dave again. <laughs> Dr. Upham, you've, you've been excellent. Thank you so much for your, your time. And, um, well, thank you, Dr. Stanford. And, and thank you, Dave. Good to, good to talk to you again. Yeah, interesting conversation. Thanks so much, Dr. David Upham, the chair of the politics department. Uh, interesting. I didn't realize that political science is no longer really, uh, that there was a distinction in that. So that I learned uh, something there for sure. All right. Thanks so much. And uh, th- thank you, Dr. Sanford, for coming in. And again, UD is starting up here in a few weeks, uh, a week late, but uh, classes are in session. Go to udallas.edu and learn more about the university. Thanks, Diane Xavier, for uh, running the board today. And also, congratulations, John and Capel won the bronze statue of St. Michael the Archangel. And Stephen in Dallas is the winner of the two-night stay at the Hyatt Regency Hill Country Resort in San Antonio. I'll contact these two gentlemen individually. And we'll see you next Monday for the next Good News Show. God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us for the Good News Show here on KATH 910 AM on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please join us next week at the same time for the next Good News Show. The Guadalupe Radio Network appreciates the support of Vetro Glass Blowing Studio and Gallery located on historic Main Street in Grapevine for their support of local Catholic radio on KTH 910 AM. They offer crafted glass art ranging from handmade sculptures to small glass art gifts. They're currently open for curbside glass service Tuesday through Saturdays from 10 AM to 5 PM. They can be reached by calling 817-251-1668 and online at grapevineglassblowers.com. 
Hello, it's Todd Sluter, licensed professional counselor with Epiphany Counseling and longtime sponsor of GRN. I have been blessed to work with many individuals, couples, teens, and families in our diocese for the past eight years, incorporating counseling principles with authentic Catholic values. God wants you to have a greater sense of joy and purpose. If you or someone you know are struggling to find purpose, stuck moving forward with goals in life, or a relationship is not working, you may need to seek a counselor to help regain hope and healing. You may get in touch with me at 469-556-8336. Are you connected? Hi, Joe McLean here, the Director of Mission Development for the GRN, and I am super excited about 2020. It's our 20-year anniversary, and we are rolling out new digital tools to include a new website, a podcast catalog, upgrades to our mobile app, and more. A great way for you to stay up-to-date and connected is by joining the GRN text list. You can do that today for free at grnonline.com forward slash text. Solidarity HealthShare is rebuilding Catholic healthcare in America. We conform to the moral guidelines of the Catholic Church so you never have to worry about your healthcare dollars paying for anything that violates your conscience. From conception to natural death, we strive to serve all healthcare needs, protect human lives, celebrate families, and promote the dignity of all people. Join Solidarity HealthShare in restoring and rebuilding authentic Catholic healthcare by signing up at SolidarityHealthShare.org, a sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. K-A-T-H, 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. 